Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. Hello everyone, welcome back to Tradies. Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary taking you through the trading, the buying and selling of AFL players every week. And this is our first ever special edition. It is episode 11, but it is an episode with two clubs that have been thrusted into crisis, really. We knew about Carlton when they got belted by their arch-rivals Collingwood on Sunday, but no one, and I mean no one, Mitch Cleary, saw... The Hardwick bombshell coming. Welcome to you. Hello, Samuel. As I walked through the MCC members on the weekend and just worked around and copped tradies mentions left, right and centre from the public. Did you? That makes me happy. Good to hear. Okay. Yeah, and plenty of people enjoying the show. Little do we think the next day, Damien Hardwick would be sitting down with Brendan Gale to tell him that he was no longer wanting to be the coach of the Richmond Footy Club. It's been a phenomenal 48, 72 hours, and now a lot of questions are coming out around Richmond's list and where to from here. Yeah, and we're going to get into all of that because um, there's so much to unpack with it. First, though, we do like to talk a little bit of smack before yeah. we get into it. And I, I was at the press conference today. Yeah, I got up this morning. I thought, you know what? It's it's time I went to a press conference. It is time. It's been a while. You sort of just tend to hold yourself back for the big ones, don't you? You're not really- That's not what I was saying. But in retrospect, that's exactly how it sounds that I was <laughs> that I was saying. But I was really excited to see you put on a nice shirt. Just for I'll me? Iron some chinos, put yeah. my best boots on, yeah. went in there. First person I saw, Kate Massey. Yep. She was there at the crack of dawn. Yep. Clearly number one seven footy reporter. No doubt. Second person I saw who was a little bit late to the press conference, which is funny because he was apparently there for a long time, Tom Brown. He was there early, Sunrise Cross. And I'm sitting there with Braden Ingram from Channel 9. I'm going, where's Mitch? <laughs> like, if Mitch isn't at this press conference, he's never going to be at one. And then, to almost salt in the wounds, Blake Johnson walks in. Yeah. Senior newsreader. I'm, th- I'm looking around and going, <laughs> where's Mitch? I thought there'd be too many people there. There wouldn't be. I need a seat up the front. So I thought, if there's going to be that many people there, I don't need to be there. No, I'll be honest. I thought all the news is happening at Richmond. There's going to be a thousand journos there. Where mm. can I position myself that there might be something else bob up? Now, nothing came off and there's still a few things, a few irons in the fire, Samuel. But I just thought there's going to be a hundred cameras down there. Why do I need to just add to the uh, add to the circus already happening down at Punt Road? Did you ever see the movie Swordfish? No. John Travolta? No. Right. He basically plays a a madman, John Travolta. Yeah. But one of his soliloquies he's delivering to Hugh Jackman, he talks about Harry Houdini and that the classic Harry Houdini movie was Misdirection. Something's happening over there. He wants to be over here. Yeah. So that was you and Harry Houdini today, wasn't it? Misdirection. Yeah. I don't want to be where I don't want to be where everyone is. Yeah. I need to be where the crowd isn't. Yeah, a lot of a colleague I used to work with called them press interruptions rather than press conferences because everyone flocks <laughs> to the press conference and there's a things going on elsewhere. Yeah. You know, in hindsight, it would have been beautiful. Imagine being at Richmond or at Brennan Gale's house or Damien Hardwick's house on Monday when we were all at Carlton waiting for Luke Sayers and everything going on there. And in hindsight, it's twenty twenty in this footy world. But it's a great point. Yeah. Now you've been hot on me around Saturday scoop flying the as well. Segment that out Channel of the Seven weekend. stole. Yep. Another big addition on Saturday night at the MCG for you one point thriller. Broke nothing. Yep. Actually, had a story on the weekend. What? Clayton Oliver's hamstring. Actually, that's true. You did. Yeah. Did people know about that hammy before that though? Uh, no, I don't believe so. 
hadn't right. been reported elsewhere that I'd seen. Okay. All right. No, that's just that's that's a little half scoop. But this took my ear when I was driving around on my day off on Monday, listening to the Age Footy podcast. They should clearly be playing him as a half forward, pushing up to the stoppage. That, that you know, like, well, I could I could get into the nuts and bolts of it um, too much. But here you are. Oh, what's so, on? What you've, stealing you've, our you've, segments? You've patented nuts and bolts, have you? I'm not allowed to. Not me. We we're in this together. Tradies. Podcast, you know, it's something we've been working on and thrashing out. Am I? Is this? Is this on? You understand that the whole podcast was my idea, right? <laughs> yeah. You're aware of this. Oh, so you, any idea you raise here can just be used elsewhere? That was part of the agreement. Well, check your contract, please. I believe. <laughs> I can't believe uh, you have been hot on me for weeks now. I can't leave the house or say anything anywhere without you castigating me for it. Keep sending me your Sam side. <laughs> uh, please don't. At Cleary underscore Mitch, all, all players or anything. All right, let's get into it. Before you, uh, we get started, please make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you don't miss a beat and also make sure you rate and review the pod. Okay, Mitch, so Damien Hardwick stepping down less than halfway through a year mm-hmm. with the best part of 18 months on his contract. The big question is going to be if and how it changes the club's view of this list's potential short-term, medium-term, long-term. How do you see it? Well, clearly Damien Hardwick has had to change of mind. He's lost the passion and lost the energy and lost the intensity to be an AFL senior coach. But he was adamant in the press that you didn't attend today. Yeah, I did watch it and consume it. <laughs> that, he, that it had nothing to do with his belief in this group's ability, which I thought was- There was a line where he mentioned Which I thought that, was an interesting separation because there have been clubs and coaches part ways yeah. because- you know, they believe that the coach is unable to get this group over the line in certain ways. This is a little bit different to that. It was it was the coach admitting that he personally had felt like he'd got the most out of them yeah. and, th- and now it was almost going the other way. So it was almost like a realised potential, but now in order to gain more, they needed a new voice. I took that that was for 2024, that he'd parked any okay. ambition and, and passion for 2024, but there was a line where he said this year hadn't panned out. Had they have been seven and three or six and four right now, you don't think he's still coach? I think had the year started off better- It's an interesting question. Nan Curvis yeah. and Lynch don't get injured and they hit a few more targets. I, I think he's still coach. Okay. That was, that's the, my reading out of the presser. I think- yeah. It's probably a fair take because he did say he he did say he went into this year probably thinking it'd be his last. Yeah, and then yeah, as you say, what happens next is fascinating. Do they go with an inexperienced coach? Do they go with an experienced coach from elsewhere? What impact will that have on the decision around the list? Don't forget, this is a club that don't have their first round pick. Okay, so right now, so take me through how you think this is all panned out insofar as what they did in the trade season last year. What did it tell the rest of the comp that they were trying to do? It told the rest of the comp last year they were going all in. Now, would have loved to have been. A fly on the wall. Could almost be a new segment here on Tradies. Don't get ahead of yourself. You've already got... What's that? Wow. You're already putting sound effects in your own podcast. Interesting. They gave Jacob Continue. Hopper and Tim Taranto 154-game contracts, mm. and Hardwick's left after 10 games of those contracts. They were all in. They gave up three first-round picks. They used up all their draft capital last year and this year for those two players. They told the rest of the competition they were all in. Now, I, where do they go? I don't. I know exactly what your argument is. I just don't quite see it the same way. Okay. And far better for me to defend Richmond, but they're long-term deals. Yeah, but they they didn't recruit 29-year-olds. No, these guys are 24 and 25. 
So what they've done, and Damien made this point today in the in the presser, they've essentially committed to these guys on six or seven year futures mm-hmm. instead of taking risks on 18-year-olds who could potentially be 15-year futures, could potentially be four-year futures. Yep. So whether you disagree with that line of thinking or not, I think is a slightly separate question, but I don't completely agree that it said to the rest of the competition that they were all in. Because if that were the case, it's kind of what Geelong's been telling everyone for the last five years. And we've continuously yeah. had little cracks at Chris Scott and Stephen Wells and Andrew Mackey for continuing to top up with older players. But yeah. ultimately, if it keeps them in that at that level of sustained success, I don't mind it. Well, can I throw but one more as, at you? So, so let, let me just, just to finish that argument, let me ask a question to you. Do you think Richmond would be in a different position now had they drafted those players instead of getting Hopper and Taranto? Oh, they'd probably be they'd probably be worse. Be worse off, but right. would they would, be better long term? Be, they wouldn't be telling the competition we, that we're all in. That's my take. Sorry, what were you going to say? You, you were going to throw something. The out. other factor that I haven't raised is there was a conversation around Jack Revolt and Trent Cochin's futures. Yep, and both decided to play on. Both were keen to play on, but I think the club needed some convincing at the time, and both have decided to play on. That is another layer that tells me that it's the competition that they were all in and chasing a flag this year, and it hasn't panned out that way. Yeah, again, I just think. Like, why should we... Rewalt's been really important for them. For sure. Because Lynch has been injured. Yep, no doubt. And there have been plenty of examples of clubs retiring players potentially too early and they end up with with kids that don't work out. Yeah. So... I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be all in. I'm just saying that 10 games into being all in, that's when you have to sit back down and think, did they make the right decision? Have they made the best list decisions for their future? Hopper and Trano are going to be fantastic players. Cochin's played a good role at times this year. Revolt's been important, no doubt. But for me, the message was the rest of the competition, we're all in. Mm. Do you think... And so, obviously, we try to look at everything through the lens and through the prism of of trade and, and list improvement and change. Do you think that this decision by Damien Hardwick is going to drastically impact their ability to go after players like Himmelberg, like Duday? Like, what is it? What does it do for that space, do you think? It's a good question. Harry Himmelberg goes to the mid-season buyer where I think he'll start to think a bit more about his future. He, he's put those talks off. Clubs are aware that he's not really thinking about his future right now. He's clearly going. I just every week I sit here, I'm just like. It, I'd still think he's more leaning towards going from everything you hear, but yep. it still wouldn't shock me if the, the the Giants were to. It's not like the money he's going to knock back at the Giants is going to be bad money, bad money yep. compared to the rest of the competition. But now he's got a decision to make: is what he thought of the Tigers twelve weeks ago or two weeks ago is completely different to when he goes into the midseason buy and starts to sit down with his family and his management around it. Yeah, clearly it's, it's got an impact. Yeah, it's a it, it's the it's a car that's lost its gloss. Yeah, and that's not that's not being negative about Richmond. That's just being really yeah. glowing about Damien Hardwick. You know, to your point about Hopper and Taranto, what, I, I assume that two of the big reasons Hopper would have chosen Richmond over Geelong. One is the MCG and yep. constantly playing in front of huge fans, yep. and I assume the other one is Hardwick. And that's nothing against Chris Scott, who's you know like he's a two-time premiership coach in his own right. But Hardwick has, for whatever reason, created this aura around yeah not just his premierships, but also how he's been able to galvanise. His plays, he constantly feels like he's he's going into battle in the media for them. Yeah, the way that they won them, like the game plan that kind of—I mean, Craig McRae said it on Three Sixty, right? He sort of revolutionised and changed the game. So, yeah, to your point, Hardwick leaving makes Richmond a different proposition now for attracting players. 
Just one more before I want to ask you about the three-time Norm Smith medalist who happens to be a decent player on a good contract for next year at Richmond. I'm not ruling them out. When I say they're all in this year, I think they're still well and truly in the conversation to go again if they decide to go that way. It's got a bit of the feels of 22 Collingwood about it as to what Richmond could be in 24. Okay. Pendlebury, Howe, Sidebottom, Elliott, Majacek, Adams, Crisp, Moore, Dugowie, Maynard, all 26 and older. Yep. Those last three, Moore, Dugowie, Maynard are in that right prime hitting, the hitting zone. 26, 27. Yep. Now at Richmond, if Dusty stays, he's 33. Grimes is on of one more year. Prestia Lynch, 31, 32 next year. Mm. Floston, Nank, 30. Short, 28. Then in that prime window, you've got Hopper, Rioli, Taranto, Shea Bolton, Noah Bolter. It's a nice group. The question I, I, for me, I like the theory. The question for me is, can Samson Ryan, Noah Cumberland, Hugo Ralph-Smith, Morris Rioli, Tyler Sonzi, Josh Gibkiss become what Collingwood got out last year out of Josh Dacos, Pat Lipinski, Isaac Quainer, Bo McCreary, who were genuine best 22 players. Now, for me, the 23 to 20-year age gap on Richmond's list is where there's some question marks. And if it is to replicate the Pies list with that top end, top end talent that they still do have, that's where the growth will need to come from. And that's where, getting back to the point of trading away the, f- the future for those players, they're in that 26, 27 age bracket, Hopper Taranto. But under that, there's not a great deal right now. And that's where we talk about you know West Coast. And not saying Richmond are going to get to West Coast's levels. But apart from Oscar Allen, there's not a great deal on West Coast's list now 24 under. Richmond need these kids, Cumberland, Morris Rioli, who's looking like a, a prospect, Gibkiss, to really kick on and become AFL players, otherwise they'll be left behind. I really like the comparison. Like, I, I think it's, I think it's a great bit of research by you, and I, I, I like the different groupings that you've put them into. And I'm with you. Like, I, I, I see Richmond as still being a dangerous team as far as premiership aspirations in the next couple of years. The Martin one's an interesting conversation. I don't, I don't want to get back into it too deeply because it, it seems to just upset Richmond people, and I don't want to do that. But, but I think now they had it- a big opportunity to let him go. I think mm. they should have. I'm not sure how much better off they have been with him in the team this year. All the, all beat. He hasn't been playing badly. He was very good against Geelong. Yeah, he was really good against Geelong. But so were Rewalt and so were Cochin. It was kind yeah, of like the the, the old firm reigniting again, which was which was great to watch. My, my point about Martin at the time was that not only were you clearing two point eight million dollars of salary cap room over the next two years, it gives you great flexibility to go out and not just get Hopper and Tranto, but get other of those middle aged hitting zone players that you were talking about. But you also get something decent for him probably at that stage. Whereas now, you know, end of next year, how old would you say he's thirty two? Yeah, 32, 33. Yeah, with 1.4 on his, on his head next year, I just don't think you're getting much for him. And he's so, a so club out there that would, would bite that off. Richmond would need to pay if it is 1.4. Substantially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'd have to be the Jack Bowe situation, almost. But looking at it from the other lens now. It's sort of different. Sort of. Is, well, he's clearly in the best 22. Is his heart in Richmond? Now, well, that's the impossible question to answer. Yeah, it is. And yeah. But he's been so linked to Damien Hardwick. And Damien Hardwick's been such a staunch supporter of him. All right, well, I'll just I'll make the point, right? Why not? Just We're here anyway. I had to pull that out of you. Damien Hardwick has a lot of connections up on the Gold Coast. Yep. Mark Evans is CEO. Mark was high up at Hawthorne when Damien was an assistant mm-hmm. coach under Clarko under a very successful period. Wayne Campbell, two big Richmond people. Wayne was an assistant coach and a few other things under Damien when he first started. Okay. Yep. I reckon. Craig Cameron, who's a list manager at the Gold Coast Suns, was the guy who actually gave Hardwick the job over Ken Hinckley. He, yep. was, on the, he was on the coaching panel. Like, you know, Ellis Ellis is up there. Yeah. Charles up there. Like Stewie Jew's under pressure. We know that. Yeah. If Hardwick was to go up there, I'll like, oh, bring Dusty I'll bring Dusty with me. Yep. You know, like I'd, again, I'm jump jumping a No, I'm, no. I'm just connecting dots here. But yeah. the AFL need Gold Coast to succeed quickly. Mm-hmm. Who better to help them succeed than the guy who dragged Richmond out yep. of the cave of darkness to use Damien's terminology today and into the light. Like it just makes sense. And if a change of atmosphere gets more out of dimmer and gets more out of dusty. That's good for footy. And they've they both been like some big fishbowls. Yeah. Dimmer and 
Adelaide and Well they've both they've both made up front about the fact that yeah. they haven't necessarily loved the yeah. Melbourne fish bowls, right? Both for personal reasons. Both that we don't need to get into. But yeah, I think anyway, this I'm arguing against myself. I'm now kinda of hopeful that Dusty just ends up being a one club player. But at the end of last year I just thought it was a window of opportunity for all parties, that's all. Sydney's the only one that I wouldn't discount either. For Dusty. In the fact that oh, they couldn't. In the fact of the marketing factor. They've always had a star. Buddy is most likely in his last year. Well, he couldn't go again. Is Heaney, you know, Heaney's on the money that suggests he should be that, but he's had a little bit of a dip this year, still an All-Australian and a star at the top of his game. But, yeah. you know, could that seduce the Swans? You know, you'd think their cap wouldn't be anywhere near able to take 1.4. The Tigers would need to take some of it. But if they do go down the inexperienced coach path and they think they need a little bit of a mini reset and they need first-round picks, Tigers could chew up some of the money. Swans could give over a first-round pick. Just saying. While you're running hot with Dusty... Sounds okay, familiar. nuts and bolts time. Yeah, I was talking about nuts and bolts and the age footy podcast. <laughs> Great podcast, the age footy podcast. Not quite tradies, but yeah, I shouldn't have said anything there. <laughs> really shouldn't have. Here we are. What How have many got? podcasts are you on a week? Um, there's this. Yeah. Then there's Margin Call. Yeah. Richo and I do some tipping. Caught up with Richo, by the way. And just today, just on Dusty, he's 100% adamant he will stay at the Tigers. As if Richo would know. He's got some pretty good ins at Richmond. As if Richo would know if Dusty's going to stay or not. I hope this gets played on your other podcast with Richo. Well, the thing about Richo is that he doesn't he doesn't listen to a lot of stuff. <laughs> so it's it's, it's not going to get I'll back. text it to him. You can text it to him. As if Richo would know if Dusty's staying or not. Legends have good links to their old clubs. Yeah, okay. Can we just ask Richo for next week's Tatsotto numbers as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I could really use it. <laughs> so are we going all the way back when Dusty was first linked with leaving Richmond? Yeah. Okay. 2013. Gee, decade ago. I was working for the footy show. We were babies. Yeah. Do you remember what you were doing in 2013? Yeah. I was, was that the siege night? Was that, was that 2013? No, nah, 2013 I was the majority, I, I was the majority of the year I was inebriated in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be back there. Doing South Croatia. That's, uh, I know a few people get doing that this year. Very jealous. Jumping off bridges in Bosnia. Yeah. Okay, stop there. Was it good? It's getting it's getting cold in Melbourne. <laughs> Twenty thirteen, we got a tip that Dusty was going to meet the Giants in Sydney. Okay, so sorry, you're, you're at the Footy Show. Yep, working with Damo and Damien. And this is when the Footy Show was the show. Yeah, right. Like, so it was Gary and JB at that time. Yes. Yeah. So it was like rating high hundreds of thousands, mm-hmm. prime time on a Thursday. Yeah. It was basically get your popcorn ready. Yeah. Okay. Damo slot. Was must watch. Must watch. Some of my favourite TV. Yeah. Sam was still up and about. We got a tip that Dusty was going to meet the Giants in Sydney. Now, it was the morning after the media awards. <laughs> Speaking of inebriated. I had a drink or two. <laughs> but. At least be upfront about it. Still found my way to the airport for a 7am flight out of Melbourne. Um, You did? Yes. Amazing from you. Well done. Now, we had a tip that he was meeting the Giants in Sydney, but no idea where. So what time of the year is this? Uh, September. It was finals. I was prelim final week, I reckon, or semi-final week of the Okay, because I'm just thinking back to 2013, Richmond went out to Carlton in after Essendon got kicked out of the finals. Nick Dygan year. Nick, yeah, that was that, that was that year in front of 96,000, the elimination yeah, final okay. that Richmond lost. Okay, so Richmond are just coming off the back of a disappointing finals exit, a game yep. they really would have expected to have won. Yep. Dusty's looking at GWS. Yep. He's had a few... Run-ins with Richmond, you could say. It's, he's sort of been in and out of favour with the Tigers. Yeah, I reckon- They'd put Mark, it, Mark Williams around him, Choco to support him with a bit of extra support. 
bit he, of welfare. He, he turned up late to training once or twice because he yep. was living with Dan Connors at the time. Am I, am I similar putting yeah, pieces similar together? Is it that yep. sort of few years? Yeah. Yep. I get put on a flight from Melbourne to Sydney, 7 a.m., told fine Dusty and his manager, Ralph Carmany, with the Giants. As you know, Sydney's a big place. Sorry, just, I just want to slow down here. When you say, I was told, fine Dusty, who's telling you that? The powers that be at the footy Come on. show. No, no, no. We name names on this show. Damo? Yep. Hutchie was still sort of involved at the footy show then, from memory. Gary. Gary. Tim Cleary, the EP of the footy oh, show. Great operator. Adam Rowe, I believe, was working. Rowe. Wow. Who's now, of course, one of the minds behind the front bar. Yes. and uh, Great man. Going very well, Rowe. Fine Dusty meeting with the Giants. This is an exciting time for you to be a Juno. It, like, you're dealing with big names. That are yeah. expecting a lot of you. Yeah. I'm intrigued by this. Go on. And thought, I've got no idea offices, cafes, restaurants where. I'm just going to go to the new Giants facilities that were still under development. We're talking like they've just started being built at the Homebush facility where they now train out of. Yes. So their facility is about 10 years old now. They were just in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere, 45 minutes from the airport. Yep. Had a cameraman pick me up from the airport, a, seven, uh, sorry, a Channel 9 camo out of Sydney, and they'd assigned two cameras to this job. Amazing. So I'm getting picked up. Never met the cameraman. One's picked me up. One's met me at Homebush. And the, the task is to meet Dusty, to try and find Dusty. Two camera cleary. Yeah. It was a big, big job. We had to try and uh, do our best. Now, I was on the ground. I was on foot with one of the crews in a crew car. We had another crew next door in a multi-level car park. There's like a, I don't know if you've been to the Giants. Yeah, yeah, There's I like could, a five-story car park next door. I know exactly door. what you're talking about. There was a camo in his car on the top of that car park, almost like a sniper ready to- and that's where the shot came action. from because I'm yeah. picturing the shot right now. Yeah. I'm there for an hour, nervous, not sure what's going on, no sign of Dusty, no sign of Dusty. Three or four Skodas rock up who was major sponsor of the Giants at the time. There's a foreman or the site manager of the new facility comes and opens the, the gates at the front. These four cars roll in. Now, the gates, the, the concrete gates at the front are all sort of with mesh over them, so I couldn't really see in. I'm ringing the, the cameraman who's on top of the building next door saying, any sign of who's there? He said, yeah, I think there's a guy with a neck tattoo <sighs> putting on a high-vis shirt and a uh, hard, hat. hard hat, similar to what we wore in our yep. tradies photo yep. shoot. Yeah, because I brought my own from home. Yep. I said, please roll on him, stay on him. Then you've got Ralph Carr, Stephen Silvani, list manager of the Giants at the time, Gabby Allen, head of footy of the Giants at the time. Dave Matthews, CEO of the Giants at the time. I've got tingles. This is amazing. And the foreman. <laughs> and the foreman. <laughs> who's giving them the tour. And it's it's basically a shell of a building right there. There's the pool. That's where the players will warm up. There's the gym. But there was a basic layout. You couldn't, you couldn't really make much of it. I've run around. I've run around on foot to try and get around the other side. Like we're talking 150 meters. Is it all fenced anyway? It's all fenced. But I thought on the other side there, there won't be the mesh because you're, yeah, you better see through the bars. So from the foot, from the now footy oval, you had to see on the other side through the bars. Right. In the hope of getting some vision or some clear sight, or even being able to try and doorstop someone or or what. Lee Merrick, who was the media manager at yeah, the time Lee. for the Giants, I remember him catching me on foot and trying to sort of get me off because I was on private property, really. It was a Giants facility. Got asked to leave. The Giants, to their credit, then arranged- <laughs> Got asked to leave, please. The Giants, to their credit, then arranged a one-on-one with Stephen Silvani. Oh, that's pretty nice. At the Giants ground, so stone's throw away where the Giants play their footy. Did a one-on-one with Sauce, committed to their interest in Dusty, massive story at the time, had all the vision, the guy on top of the- <laughs> The guy at the top of the car park had, had nailed the shot. I still remember it was about two, three o'clock at this stage after I've done sauce. Had to get the disc back to Melbourne because to drive it from Homebush into the city was going to be too too hard and too long in order for me to get back to Melbourne in time. So I flew. And I this, still, 
Sorry, just to explain to everyone, if this had happened today, yeah, they would just the wa- wirelessly a- send it back with what's it called a um, a, a TVU or a Degero. Degero, yeah, yeah. It's what it, yeah. But by the time I went from Homebush to Channel Nine in the CBD, then to the airport, it was going to be too late for me to get back. So I flew with the disc. I can still remember. Oh. The, there's only one chance. There's only one disc. It's not like it's saved on the camera. Oh, you, you're holding a plate of gold. And I remember walking into the footy show, ingesting it. I hadn't really seen the vision properly at this stage because you're looking at it on the little screen on the cameraman's screen, and there's Dusty. There's all the guys with their hard hats and their uh, high vis shirts, and it led the footy show that night. Twenty four hours later, Giants released a statement saying we've pulled out of the Dusty race. There was a mix of factors there. I think. Why, it, why did they pull out? Ultimately? It was. It was. I think they deep down knew that Dusty was too committed to Richmond and they weren't going to be able to sway his mind. But also I think- So they're trying to save face. A little bit of jumping in before, you know, the Giants getting on the front foot before they were told no. It's an incredible story. I've never heard you tell that. Yeah. Did I'm not not deliberately trying to be a smartass here, but it it might be a a factor. (laughs) Did you get any credit on the footy show that night? So so Damo's presenting it, obviously. Yeah. So he's presented it as his story? No, he presented it as, as in, I think- The footy show. Mitch Cleary spoke to Stephen Silvani. Yeah, okay. Because you could hear my questions and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like, it's one of those things where as a young journo, and obviously- It's very important, isn't it? It's Yeah. It is very important that you get not just internal accolades, but there is a, an element when you're trying to break through of that external recognition Yeah. of, hey, I actually spent the whole day at a different city yeah. running around organizing camos, then I ran the disc back. Like, yeah. And then someone else is presenting the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's one of the great things about Damo oh, is that he's phenomenal. one of, yeah. for people that don't know him, he's one of them. Put a lot of time into me. One of the more selfless, nurturing journos that yeah. are like really kind to the younger guys. Yeah. And there's not a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> not what know. are you going to be like in a few years? Me? Yeah. Oh, hopefully far away. <laughs> Hopefully far, far away. Hey, if you've got a suggestion for nuts and bolts, I'm holding a few up my sleeve, by the way. Oh. Yeah, I'm holding a few up my sleeve. Hit us up on Twitter or via Instagram page. Little sneak peek. At Tradies Podcast. No. I'm looking forward to the Bond four-year deal. Why he only signed a four-year deal? I don't think anyone really knows why he only signed four years. And there's a there's a story behind it? Uh, yeah. We'll just, okay. just wait for that one to... There's still a bit of heat surrounding that one, so okay. we'll just wait a little bit. Um, I tell you what, there's some heat surrounding the Blues yeah, as well. I mean, they would have been we, – we were borderline going to do a special edition of tradies just on Carlton <laughs> before <laughs> Richmond started. It ended up being a double barrel. But we get so many questions through our socials. I'm sure you get asked about it. I got – just as we get into Carlton, so <laughs> I should have said this off the top. So I host 3W footy on Sundays. Yep. So I do pre-game 12 to 3, and then they ask me to come back and host halftime. Mm-hmm. So it usually means I go sit in the outer and watch the first half by myself, and then I come back. It's a good temperature check for how the faithful are feeling about Isn't it. Isn't it? So a couple of my friends, one's a Melbourne supporter, a couple of Carlton supporters, I went and sat with them in the members level four, just watched the first half. And it got to 10 minutes ago at halftime, until halftime. And Carlton are obviously, you know, 40 points down by this yeah. stage. It's game over. I said to them, my friends, hey, I've got to go do halftime. I might see you in Percy Beams after, you know, for the third quarter if the game keeps going like this. So I'm walking down and 80,000 people there. And I'm just about all the way down the bottom of the stairs to get to the door. And I just hear this clear as day. This bloke's just stood up and yelled, you fucking would leave early, McClure. <laughs> <laughs> and I stopped and I was like, 
Was he a Carlton, uh, Collingwood fan? No idea. I didn't turn around. But I was just about to turn around and be like, listen here, mate. <laughs> I'm fucking going to work. Right? Chuck your wireless on. I'm going to work. I'm not leaving. But I, I took a deep breath. Thought better off it. Anyway, so I'm walking from level four down to the media center. You know that kind of walk where you got to go down a couple of levels of stairs. And this guy with his six-year-old girl, all decked out in Carlton stuff, Aww. stopped me. And he would have been no older than 40, right? Sam, what are we doing, mate? What You're a Carlton person. What? Tell me, what are we doing? How are we this far behind Collingwood when yeah. they were... What, 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 how has this happened? And I'm, I'm sorry, mate. I agree. Yeah, there's some problems. No, I agree. No, Mitch and I are going to talk about it on you. Yeah, no, 100%. Oh, we've got another listener. <laughs> and then he goes, I'm going to have to take her home. She's beside herself. Oh. And this poor six-year-old girl's crying, right? And I'm just, I'm not in the mental state to be dealing with this. <laughs> like You're now a counselor for Carlton uh, fans. But the point that I was going to make raising this is that there seems to be, Mitch, a lot of confusion around mm. why Carlton are the way that they are. Luke says the president's come out and guaranteed the future of Michael Voss. So they're not changing the coach. So the question that our listeners want to know is in the short term, medium term, long term, what can they do from a list management perspective to get the most yeah. out of this team? Now, now I've got some things really short term I think they can do with the current group that they've got, but where do you see their list build at? I see some confusion around their midfield and they've with their selection over the last few weeks, basically told us that. This time last year, George Stewart was in their top five players, top 10. I probably should go back to the BNF. He was one of the reasons why they showed enough promise at the start of last year. Yeah. Sub on the weekend. Week before that, Matt Kennedy sub. Just, just, just The midfield mix hasn't been right when you've preposterous got- Preposterous decisions, really. Yeah. To make those guys the sub. It, decisions that really make no sense. It feels like they need a bit more zip through the midfield, but you've got Zach Fisher playing twos. Paddy Dow's consistently having 30-plus in the twos, and he's got a little bit of that burst from stoppage. Yeah, he's got that breakaway, yeah. Still not getting picked. So the, I've gone confused about their midfield. Jack Carroll's another one. He's been injured, you know, but he's that, sort of that 22, 23-year-old on the rise that should be sort of popping his head into the senior side. Again, he's been injured, but for me, the midfield mix is a bit of concern as to given their contest and their clearance work last year was such a such a promising and major factor why they were competitive. What says you? Yeah, I see it. I take that point. I see it a little differently. Um, they were eight and three last year. They were dominating games out of the midfield. They should have been Melbourne late. They should have been Collingwood late. So the the pieces were there. They've changed their game plan to be slower and more defensive. Like yeah. they've had the same amount of inside fifties as Collingwood on the weekend. Yeah, and they've got the last two common medalists. So try to riddle me that that's not system, and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, there, there's something fundamentally wrong with how they're moving the footy. So I, I just I think they've got the team there. I, I just think that they're messing with it. If anyone could explain to me why you would put George Hewitt as the sub, like everyone knows he's still been struggling with his back injury. If he's not right, don't play him. Yeah. Like, let him have six weeks off. Bring Dow in or whoever the next best midfielder is. And this this obsession with, oh, well, we're not playing Dow and we're not playing Fisher in the middle because we really like the mix that we've got. But you're getting belted in there every week. And like, Michael Voss continues to talk about them being hurt on transition. It's just... So, so, transition stop, runners. so stop playing the same midfield then. Yeah. Like... And if and if you if you really think that Paddy Dow shouldn't be getting a game over Ed Kernow, like Ed Kernow's been an, an unbelievable servant to the Carlton Football Club. This is not about Ed. I'm, I'm saying it like stop saying that you want to persist at the same thing when it's not working. Mm. Like change it up a little bit. So your forward line's not getting it done. Okay, maybe throw Tom De Koning in there. 
Put, Let's get to him. Put Jack Silvani at centre-half back. Play Mitch McGovern on a wing. Play him in the ruck. Play him in the twos. Change something. I, I just look at Carlton's list, and I've been through it every way that I can, Mitch, and I don't see a team. Like, I fundamentally can't understand how Carlton's list would not play finals. Yeah. and It, do, it doesn't make any sense whichever way you want to cut it. And looking at the start of this year – it felt to me they weren't missing too many pieces from the best team. And on the weekend, apart from Zach Williams, their best 23 was basically out there. On on Tom DeConing, we saw vision from the VFL on the weekend. Andrew Mackey standing with Sam DeConing and mm. Terry DeConing. Don't underestimate Tom's father's- brother and his And his dad. dad. Yep. Don't underestimate father's decisions around when a player comes into a list management decision. Oh, particularly the DeConings. Yeah. Ultra close. Yep. That's the reason they they both ended up changing managements to the same one. Right. They they both left TLA yep. both now with Connors. So yeah, I, I'm completely with you there. Yeah, and you've been you've been quite hot behind the scenes on Geelong and Tom, haven't you? Yeah, I just think. And it, you get good mail down there. It just makes a lot of sense that <laughs> the brother thing, like what they did with Ollie Henry last year, that to me came lateish. Yeah, I agree. It feels to me the cats with what they've achieved and the culture and the environment they've built down there aren't a round 10 attack the targets sort of team. They're happy to sit back and it feels to me round 16, 18 is go time. Yep. Round so, time to Koning. Yep. It's been four weeks now, a couple of those with concussion. He's got to play this week. If he doesn't, is he out the door? Where are we getting at with Tom to Koning and what does that mean for Jack Silvani's future in turn? Well, the last time he played against Sydney was a practice game up there. The Blues got torched and most of the Sydney players spent the majority of the game asking Tom when he's, right. when he's going to be playing in Sydney colours. So I- interestingly enough, it could happen again. Surely he plays a stretch there back line. We're getting deep into footy air raid sort of areas, but surely with the Swans' lack of key defenders, you play to Koning to try and stretch what they've got down there. Well, let me answer that question while veering away from the air raid, air raid siren that for our new listeners gets played if we ever steer too much into footy and away from trades. If Carlton end up losing Tom DeConing because he goes to another club because they play too much in the VFL, who gets made accountable for that decision? Like, Mm. if Carlton were fourth right now and flying and Tom DeConing was in the twos, we'd be sitting here going, how well have they managed this? You know, like, they've actually worked out a way they don't really need him. They've kept his price high. And if he ends up leaving, it's okay because they get good picks for him. This is a footy club, Mitch, that is going Backwards on a weekly basis. Yeah, they have lost. Is it five of their last six now? Sounds right. And the only win of that was against West Coast, who right now would struggle against a VFL side. Yeah. So they ain't going great, but they're not changing anything. Mm. What are the, you know? Was they're Dennis Pagan say the definition of insanity is always doing the same thing over and over again and, and expecting to get a, a, a different result? Yep. So if they go up to Sydney and it's Kerno and Mackay out forward and Cripps and Walsh and Chera and Matt Kennedy. Kennedy in the middle, and it's Weidering and Lewis Young down back with McGovern. It's like, well, what what are they trying to change? Mm. You know, it's there's just something systemically not right. And so, you know, like Michael Voss comes out last week, and we're getting really air raid siren that uh, standpoints here. But Michael Voss says we didn't practice goal kicking any more than we usually would. Then Ash Hansen comes on three W on Sunday and said we don't actually listen to the external noise. Yeah. It's like, oh guys, like there's either a lack of self awareness here, or there is such self belief with what they are doing that it's being misconstrued or misdisplayed as arrogance because what they're doing isn't working. And so 
We're talking about you wanted to talk about how they improve their list long term, and you think they need some zip and they need to go and recruit some zip. I, well, that's just that's what the list that's what the team selection right now is telling me. Yeah, and I accept that. But I guess what I'm sitting here saying is, as someone that watches Carlton closely every week, I think they have the pieces to the jigsaw puzzle in front of them. They just I, don't know how to make the jigsaw. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they have to go and get new parts. Yeah. That, that's just my opinion. Yeah, and back to your previous question, who would be accountable if Tom DeConing was to go and dominate elsewhere? It's got to be on the development because the recruiters do their job bringing him in. You know, they've identified a guy. If he was to become go and become a world beater elsewhere, that's got to be on the development and the coaching. Now, Setterfield was getting back to the inside bids. He was not going to be getting a game in this. You know, no. last year they, they went past him with Kennedy, Hewitt. Yeah. Cripps, uh, they went with obviously Walsh and Chera before him. But he, right now, you could argue, is having a better year than some of those guys. Yeah. Before I, his injury. I, I think that's reasonable. Stocker's in a top six side right now and in their best 22. Stocker kills you. Yeah. But that really hurts because you, you've ended up playing Boyd and Chincotta ahead of him. Now, granted, Williams would be playing in front of all of them. Yeah. But they they shipped Stocker out the door. Yeah. So Kilda got him for free. And it, it looks real bad. The Paddy Dow one is a little bit – I think people missed the fact last year he basically was put up for trade and no one not really much, came calling. Interest, yeah. He did have a contract for 23, so that's why he's still at the Blues. But someone might bite him off this year given he's out of contract and he could become the next – imagine Carlton fans if this time we're sitting here the next year no, in the tradie studio. Don't say it. And he's playing in a top six side and in the top ten best and fairest for that team. Anyway. Can I ask you one more before we get off the Blues? Jack Silvani. Where do you see where do you see him? He's come up a couple of times. He's been on the whiteboard. He's always done his contracts late. Yep. Looking at them, he's always signed July, August, September, I think, from memory. Uh, so there's no room for panic yet that he hasn't signed. But if it gets to that June, July, then questions will come for me. It seems to me right now it's either Silvani or De Koning. They're, they're backing in Pitnet. It's it's only two of those three can play. Pitnet, De Koning, Silvani. And they're going with- I think you play one back. But is, do you want to be trying that in round 10? Isn't that a preseason discussion? Mitch- the, the, the season's slipping away. Yeah. They're going to try something, don't they? Where do you sit on Jack? I think he's just a player that you keep. He's not going to cost you that much. He's versatile. He plays most positions. What? Why would you give that asset away to another team? If he was costing you 800 grand, I could understand. Yeah. But he's not. Like, he's not costing you a dime over five. You just keep him every day of the week, don't you? That's if you see him in your best 22. Clearly, they do right now. He has to be in their best 22. It's just fundamentally an incorrect So, can, in your mind, not. can they all play together? Yeah, I think so. But this week, bring De Koning in. Yeah. Play him. Play the three tools. All up there. Stretch Sydney's defense. Yeah. Play Silvani at centre-half back. Done. That's all. Okay. hope Michael Voss is listening. Just on the flexibility Somehow around- Somehow I don't think so. Jack Silvani. We failed to mention a few weeks ago when we raised the most flexible players. Someone pointed out. I think Mark uh, Rudy uh, from uh, Triple M pointed out to us. Mark Blitzars. We failed to mention Mark. Yeah. I had a uh, close friend, Jack, message me and said, do you, do you forget the bloke that won <laughs> back-to-back best and fairest for Geelong in different positions? <laughs> yeah. And I was like- who? Oh, Blitzard. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Do you know that... So, Blitzard, who was a steeple chase runner yeah. before he became a footballer. Is that right? Yeah. Did you not know this? I was being tongue-in-cheek. <sighs> Sorry, I, I probably don't show the facial expressions as much <laughs> for those that are listening. Fucking hell. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to tell you this story. No, no. No, 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 it, I, no. You, you're I've, not robbing me. You're robbing the listeners. No, I've, I'm too upset now. Go on. Um, it's either that or we talk about the mid-season draft, which is happening in fuck a few days. no. We're not talking about that. It, when, when is it? It's next Wednesday. Does that mean we have to talk about it next week? Next, yeah, next week's show. I'm not. I'm, I'm off next week. 
Um, I'm not. Can you host by yourself? <laughs> I don't. I'm not, I'm not getting. Sam it. Naismith, Oscar McDonald, Will Elliott, Brandon Ryan. Get used to these names. Clay Tucker. Sorry, can you give us your Blitzarve story? I just remember when I was interviewing him a few years ago and we were talking about his running beforehand. And it's something like if you went to a gym and went to a treadmill, which I know, look here, you probably haven't done heaps of. <laughs> That's a, I remember getting sent audio last year that you said I've been uh, working out in my new suits at seven. You're going to have gone the other way. No, I was kidding. Uh, it's something that you put the treadmill on max speed, yeah. which I think is 20 k's an hour. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I think it is. I think level twenty. I think it's in. I think it's in kilometers because fifteen fifteen kilometers an hour is four minute k's. Yeah, and that's that's sort of humming along nicely. It's something like max speed of twenty. Five thousand meters, I think they are. Yeah, for however long it is, it's basically like if you were to get on a treadmill and put it on top speed and run for six or seven k. That's what he. That's what he used to do, and it was just like inhuman that you could do that. And he's one ninety eight, one ninety nine centimeters. Yeah, and and he he missed out on Olympic selection. So like. <laughs> There were guys better than him <laughs> in our country. Imagine the rest of the world. Like, it's just amazing. And he's been able to do what he's been able to do. It's just been phenomenal. We did forget about him. It's been a weird episode. Good episode. Great episode. The dusty nuts and bolts was, that's why we got you to the podcast. <laughs> that's why we got you here. That's why I didn't go with Tom. That's as good as that's as good as good my nuts and bolts will get. That's my... I've got, I've, some, I've, got I've got two good ones okay. up my sleeve. It's going to really annoy some people as well. Ooh. Good feedback for Mason Cox uh, last week. From Mason? Uh, no, not, not from Mason. I think Mason's busy doing his own podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Spotify or iHeart or subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts if you want to ask us a question. You can't hit me up on socials because I'm gone, but you can find Mitch at Cleary underscore Mitch on Twitter or via the Tradies Instagram and TikTok accounts at Tradies podcast anything exciting on for the week mid-season draft anything exciting on for the week um i've got a i don't know if I, yeah i've got a work bowling night coming up this week we're having a social night hang on <laughs> how have you left this this late <laughs> i deliberately well, tell you seven every you, time we come in you have you run whatever, when we have banter seven. like this you have to bring this this well, it hasn't shit happened yet. early okay okay just give us another couple of minutes here hang on <laughs> Where is the bowling night? I actually don't know. It's in my email somewhere. Who is attending? Uh, a lot of the seven newsroom. Oh, so not just footy. No, no, no. Seven newsroom. Yeah. Okay. It's like a. Would it be something that Tom would go to? Traditionally, yes. I can't picture Tom bowling. I in, in, ten pin bowling. We're talking. Yeah. In due respect, I can't picture you bowling. Much not too bad. Tom, I think is going to the footy though in Sydney, where you'll be. I will be in Sydney for Carlton and Sydney on Friday. Mm-hmm. Just as part of my work in the media that I've yeah. done for a long time now. Don't look at me like it's just some no, surprise. No, Jackie Felgate hosts Friday nights on AW. Yes, she will be host yeah. in, in Melbourne where they will be doing their broadcast from. I'm going up in my capacity as a learned oh, journalist. It's a scoop sort of arrangement. I didn't say that. I'm going up there for a particular purpose. Oh, so we've got to wait for next week to learn what that is? Yes. Okay. And I want to know where you finish in the seven okay. years bowling. Perfect. Done. I can't believe you left that so late. Seven years bowling and you've left it. I wanted to finish the show on a bang. Well, you've done that. Thank you for listening to the Tradies special edition on the Tigers and the Blues. We'll be back next week.
Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at Producey.com. Thanks for tuning in.